the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. At the Vision of Salem Communication on the NASDAQ at SALM. Good morning, I'm Chuck Kamlick, CNBC Radio, with your live opening bell report. Not a good news morning. 40% make that 40 points down on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. The NASDAQ 16 lower, S&P 500 7.5 off. If we close lower today, it'll be the first week in about a month and a half or so that we have for the uh, major indices here. Uh, a lot of what's going on today belongs to retail. Blame it on retail. Look at Sears. That stock is down 17%. Sears holding zones, Kmart, Sears. Business there, horrible. Lost twice as much money. Sales not going anywhere. That stock paying the price. American, uh, make that Abercrombie & Fitch down 10% today. It lost more money than expected, and its sales pathetic. But even Foot Locker, who had record sales and profits, that stock is down 5%. So it looks like these investors are taking a look at the retail sector, saying, you know what, things might not be good for a while yet, so let's sell. Chuck Kamlick, see Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about today. We talk about the lottery. Are there better investments in the lottery? And to this day, every time I go into a grocery store and convenience store and I see someone buying a lottery ticket, a mega, um, a power, I laugh. It's not just the poor, stupid people. It's the rich, stupid people who buy lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sitting in with me today, CF, not CFP. I just upgraded your title a little bit. You call me radio show host. No. <laughs> radio show host, Tony Minday, part of the Real Estate Report here on KDO Debut. Good morning. Good morning. Anyway, um, anything you want to talk about today, we can talk about. Um, and I hope that we do get into some good conversation about either technologies or investment ideas or mistakes that people make. Um, again, spending $1,000 in your lifetime on lottery t- tickets is probably one of the worst things you could do. Spend $1,000 and pay down your credit card debt or boost your 401k contributions or open a Roth IRA or increase your mortgage payments. I recommend not increasing your mortgage payments. But from time to time, I'll say, if you're going to throw money into a lottery ticket, Versus increasing your mortgage payment, do that for sure. Invest in taxable account. If you're going to spend $1,000 in your life on, on lottery tickets, consider buying shares of Disney. And next time you go see the Avengers, look at it like you're paying yourself. You know half the movie sales go to the theater and half the other go to the studio? Yeah. So when you hear a company, when you hear like Spider-Man makes $150 million, it's really only $75 million. Okay, so they list, when you see their gross receipts, you're actually seeing the total numbers, not what they actually make. 
Right. Okay. So, and again, theaters have to make some money. Yeah. So they don't make a lot of money. Of course, we all know theaters make money on popcorn. And no, I'm not going to get that nerdy with you today and say, instead of spending money on popcorn, prepay your mortgage. Instead of spending money on popcorn, you know, buy what, lottery tickets. Well, Rob, it's, it's funny that you say that. I mean, my, my wife and I have a mortgage. Wait, wait, wait. You're not allowed to say that. Bleep that. Seven-second delay. D- dump it. He said wife. Oh, that's right. It's the Rob Black Show. We're all single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh good God! You know we're we're going right now and looking at the rates and saying you know there's many ways we can save uh, on money and we're looking at upgrading our property into a bigger one and more expensive one. We're we're looking at ways to save, including buying out. I mean, like, I'm looking at buying bulk rice now and bulk cereals just to save an extra dollar. Refinancing our other rental properties, trying to save a couple hundred bucks, equating that into a into a monthly payment. Saying, oh, now we can afford this. Retail's changed pretty aggressively recently. I don't know if you remember growing up, Abercrombie and Fitch, you'd go buy some splash-colored retail clothes. and Now, this is the first generation of people who are between the age of 20 and 30 who aren't going to make as much as their parents. I'm making more than my dad, quadruple easily. But my dad had a better pension than I would have because my dad was in the military. I have no pension per se. But I'll still end up better off than he ever would have been in my time. But, but you're not everybody. Yeah, and kids born today are going to come nowhere close, and they're going to be buying bulk cereal, and they're going to be buying cheap mm-hmm. clothes. Um, so stores like Ross, where you can get home furnishings as well as uh, cheap design, they're booming. Have you have you been in a Ross store before, one of those Ross discount stores? It's It's a madhouse in there. I've been in one, and I hate to admit it because it makes me sound poor, like I lived in the ghetto. But they put them in great locations, like you'll have some... High-dollar high retail stores, and then you have a Ross's, and they're always packed. Yeah, they're always packed. It's a great place to get socks. Yeah. Um, and you can probably find some other things there that are intriguing to you. But, you know, you're talking about location. You know, what? who's screwed is, like, Sears and Kmart, uh, because they opened up locations in poor parts of town that aren't ever coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, they expanded into Stockton because Abercrombie and Fitch said Stockton is beneath me. And now Sears and Kmart are stuck in Stockton, where no one wants to be, also known as the armpit of California. I know, I know, I know. When I run for mayor of Stockton, I'm not going to get a lot of votes. <laughs> but it will be a good publicity event of watching me get flamed down as far as uh, my ability to get elected. So retailing's changing. Um Consumer value is becoming much, much more of a proposition. That's why Costco is a great investment uh, for long-term patient investors. That's why Sam's Club and, and um, Walmart's a great investment for long-term patient investors. That's why if... Um, I mean, Walmart's the first thing I thought of when you started talking about bulk items. Yeah, and they're stock Costco. Yeah, 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 I didn't start talking about bulk items. I think you did. Just for the record. Not that I'm keeping score. But if I were Mr. Mendez, if that is your real name, um, we would be having a problem right about now. So anyway, um, retailing is changing. And as an investor, I grew up thinking that like Banana Republic was all that in a bucket of chicken, where really what they have is uh, the lower end, really well done. Um, Gap and Banana Republic and... Uh, the low end, the the, the the I need a pair of khakis. 
It's, it's volume, 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 per se. Anyway, I'm not making a lot of sense today. What's happening in the world of real estate? Well, the first thing is prices are escalating. Here in the Bay Area, we hit over 500000 for the first time in quite a few many years. And that's a medium price. But really what's changing is the the homes that are over $500,000 are selling are increasing over 20%, while the homes selling for under 500000 are selling for less. Uh, that's down 20%. So we're seeing a shift in the activity. We're just running out of distressed properties. Distressed properties in California hit below 20%, 24%, or are sitting about 24 So we're seeing a lot less distressed properties. Rates are starting to uh, creep up a little bit. I think that's something that people should be aware of. Um, because that's affecting your dollar. On a $400,000 loan, one percentage point in increase is about $270 increase in your payment. So there's some effect here of what's happening. Higher prices, higher rates, I th- but right now we're still low inventory. So I think it's kind of that we're hitting a, a crossroads, which pretty soon we're going to see which direction the, the, this, how the summer is going to play out. We're going to see what's going to happen for the next year. I like to jog. I'm a distance jogger, per se, and one of the things that I've noticed is uh, I live in a community where homes run from probably 600000 to $1.2 million. maybe a little more when you get kind of... Geeky. Sounds like every Bay Area city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when you go to the east side of 101, you're talking 600000 you go to the west side, you're talking $1.2 And when I run through the east side, um, I'm seeing a lot of homes that five years ago you could have got for... Maybe seven hundred ninety thousand now going for eight hundred ten thousand. Yeah. They're being listed smartly so that they can get bid up. And follow me here, Rob. And this is something I've been saying on on my show, and I'm trying to get people to be aware of. You got to stop. You got to stop plugging your show because I don't even know when it's on. I don't even know what station it's on. I'm not even sure. You'll probably hear my commercial during the show. No, I, I, I've never heard your commercial before. <laughs> a lot of a lot of homes are being in these not as desirable areas, are taking advantage of the fact there's low inventory and people are overpaying for properties that they shouldn't be. And I think people should be very careful about that. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Find me, find me, find me, find me, find me, find me, find me. YouTube, Rob Black Show. This is Rob Black and your money. Sitting in with Tony Mendez today. I'm Rob Black. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. There's so much that I can talk about financially. Being single and investing. Not even investing, just handling money. I can talk about kids and cash. I think it's always important to get kids involved in money. Whether it's things like signing your credit card and explaining how much lunch cost. And how when you were a kid it was cheaper. Or, you know, you don't, you don't want to guilt trip the kid and feeling freaked out that he got a burrito. But, at the same time, you do want to start... You know, throwing some value towards things. I hate seeing, like, little eight-year-old birthdays where kids get, like, a $15 piece of plastic because it's going to be gone. 
It's going to be done, finished over quickly. There's no value in that. I'd rather you buy your kid a $4,000 Rolex, which retains some value, versus a $400 watch, which instantly goes to nothing. Buy things that retain value. If it's a jumpy house, every time you go to a jumpy house, it's 10 to 20 bucks. You buy a jumpy house for your own house, 200 400 bucks. Think of it like, hey, it's free after I use it 20 to 40 times or something along those lines. I'd prefer you think that way. But that's me. One area where I want to start changing some conventional wisdom is the bi-monthly mortgage. All it is is sending an extra payment. And a lot of people sign up for bi-monthly mortgage programs, and I think it's a horrible idea. Typically, you pay, what, 12 mortgage payments a year. Bi-monthly means 13. You basically are just, you know, jumping up your payments by one more per year. And I think it's just a really, really, really wrong idea. Uh, any thoughts, Mr. Mendez? I, I don't like it, and sometimes you pay for the service. Why, why would you pay for a service for something you can do on your own? And that's changed the topic to mortgage accelerators. You will hear commercials, and I kid you not, they make me wretch. They make me vomit. Fortunately, that's keeping me skinnier. Um, prepay your mortgage. We've got a mortgage accelerator that will save you hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, yeah, you can save probably $100,000 if you prepay your mortgage early on interest. There's no doubt about it. But should you do it? No. Because anything that you prepay will automatically, automatically lose to inflation. Anything that you prepay puts it in the bank's side of the fence on the balance sheet. So if there's an earthquake, you know. You have the risk, not the bank, because you've already paid them off. I still can't get out of out of my head that you're using your jumpy house just so you can get your money back. <laughs> you understand that, like, buy things that your kids are going to use for 10 years versus for 10 minutes? I get it. I just can't get it out of my head, Rob, jumping up in his little jumpy house. I think a jumpy house is great. It's um, good for romance. You and your wife need a nice little weekend, go, out on, go outside under the stars. Who doesn't like the good smell of it? Rob, when rates plastic. are as low as they are right now, there's so many opportunities for people to manage their mortgage. Manage should they refi- yeah, should they refinance their jumpy house? Absolutely. That's absolutely. And you, 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 you never know. With, with the kind of inventory right now, shoot, buy a jumpy house. So because there's 52 weeks in a year, you end up sending in a payment 26 times a year on a bi-monthly mortgage, and people actually fall for the idea of saving hundreds of thousands of dollars. Of which, again, I'm not against, but I'd rather you take that money. Look, some of, some of and what invest it. Some of the philosophy it, behind, on your side of the balance sheet behind selling. I'm going to keep talking. Is every time that the idea behind talk, something like this so is that this is, is just a total a, train wreck of a. Go ahead. This is no really. It's all you. Okay, so there's mortgage accelerators, and there's actually programs. Tony, where people could pay a thousand, two thousand dollars for the software, and I've actually seen mortgage accelerators go as far as take out a loan against your own home to accelerate the loan on your own. There, home. There's an Australian company that that was promoting this over in Sacramento at the the big mortgage meetings they have every year, and what they do is they basically pay your loan off. Yeah. You borrow for, uh, like twenty percent, but you pay your loan off for 29 days out of the 30 days of a month. And then you have a and then you have a loan 
for one month with your regular lender, and then they refinance it again. They do that every month, every month, every month. But it costs you like forty grand to do something like that. Right. But you're supposed to save like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So they're making a lot of money up front just to. Is it oh, fair to oh, say? And they also use your assets to do it. They don't use their assets. Is it fair to say that any financial advice that you get with an Australian accent or British accent is probably a rip-off scheme? Because they're just trying to up the we're classier than you angle. I think so. Um, maybe it just sounds unique. It's something that's it's just a sales technique. Okay. There's people making a lot of money out there doing this. They, they hit 100 people, they get one one deal. That's all they need oh, to yeah, do. Yeah. It's, you know, 1% is a great return. That's why, like, late-night infomercials, a lot of people don't realize. Like, the midgets that do real estate, you've seen the midgets that do real estate. And am I, am I allowed to call them midgets? Small people. Small people. Midgets. Dwarves. I like going bowling with them. But that's not the point. Make sure you do not say my name during this segment. No, I like Peter Dinklage. He's cute. He's a good actor. So, he's on that Game of Thrones. Did you see the um, Saturday Night Live skit Game of, Game of Thrones? Mm-mm. It's fantastic because um, who is the guy from uh, Hangover? He's got the beard. Uh, I can't even pronounce his last name. Zach Gaffalos. Um So the whole skit is about all these nerds that know everything about this this fantasy medieval world that doesn't really exist. And the game show host kept asking questions like, what's the capital of Wisconsin? So Zach Galifianakis, he knows everything about Game of Game of Thrones. He knows nothing about the own world that he lives in. It's pretty cute. It's, it's a great concept. Um, anyway, where do we go with this? Um, don't trust people with British accents. It doesn't make them a better actor. It just you think that it is the better actor. Who's that guy who on Fox, the house guy? He, I know Peter Weller's a better actor than him, and he doesn't have a British accent. You with me? Peter Weller? Is Peter Weller British? I thought Peter Weller was... RoboCop. Uh, RoboCop, yeah. I know. RoboCop was a better movie than, you know, that curmudgeoning the old doctor who's got an English accent. Who oh, does House or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hugh, Hugh Laurie. I'm tired of the English actors taking all our jobs. I'm tired of the English actors taking our jobs. They're taking our jobs. They're taking our jobs. They're taking our women. They're taking our Hollywood roles. And they're giving us financial advice that basically sucks. Buy gold. Because if you buy gold, you'll be like me. Hugh Laurie. So anyway, um, don't trust bad bad accents on any financial product, especially tied towards mortgages, gold, yep. um, life insurance. There's a guy on PBS, and this again, PBS snotty, British people snotty. PBS, there's a guy on PBS who pays to be on. No, no, he's sponsored, brought to you by, and he basically tells you to take out a loan against your home and buy an annuity life insurance contract. Again, using your own assets to make him a big fat commission on another product. Mm-hmm. Makes me ill. Or, as my first girlfriend said, you make me ill. I don't even know what that means. You listen to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com.
listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Day to day, I talk about the stock market, I talk about the economy. Ultimately, translating that into getting you to retirement. That's my number one goal on this show is getting you to retirement. I'll say it again and again and again and again and again. I don't think people think enough about that, and I think people need to think more about that. And it's the small things that you do, not the big things that you do. A house isn't the best investment you ever made. A house is the biggest liability you ever undertook, and it probably worked out well for you. It doesn't mean it's going to work out well for you in the future. I totally expect the generation underneath me to make less money than I do. Not everyone in my generation will make as much as my parents do, and thus is the problem with real estate. Who's going to afford to buy what I have if people underneath me make less than I do? And when I say people, I'm not talking about 12 million or 15 million. I'm just saying, generally speaking, we're hearing this and we know this. I think in hindsight, a lot of people are going to look back at their life the moment they die. When they're in front of Peter and they're going to go, I really, really didn't need that BMW, did I, Pete? Like, nah, you probably didn't. Probably could have got by with a Yugo. (laughs) Like, whoa, let's not go that far. But flashy cars are are just egregious wastes of money. You know, again, I can afford an expensive car, and yet, mm, rather have a good functional truck. So, I know that's goofy of me to say, but it's the small things. It's not the big things. It's the small things. Thinking that you need a BMW, you know. Life insurance on children. One of the worst ideas there is. And yet you'll see commercials for life insurance on children. Okay. Now I'm not going to get too motivated here because I may say something racially egregious. You live in the the worst part of Oakland. You live in the worst part of Detroit. You live in Chicago and the, the ex-Cabrini Green. Southeast in Washington. Yeah, maybe you do want to get life insurance on a kid because stray bullets might take a kid out. But most kids don't die. And if they do, they're probably not earning enough income that you need to replace. So it makes me feel like a mouse has come into my mouth, vomited, and then died for weeks on end. And then another mouse comes in to smell what's going on in my mouth, and he vomits and dies. That's what I think about life insurance on kids. It's not good. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. You ever feel like a mouse has come in your mouth and died? You ever have a mouse Every vomit? Every time I come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, That's pretty graphic, Rob. I know. I know. But it's to the point of it's dumb things. That, and the commercial is, honestly, during an NFL football game... It's done by Gerber, and you're like, it's a Gerber baby. It's got to be good. No, Gerber just sold their name to some slimy insurance company, of which if anyone wants to buy my name, I'll sell my name to a slimy whatever. You know, there's another Rob Black in the world. I, I, I've heard. 
Yeah, there's an English country singer. I don't know which one's worse. Not English country, because English can't sing country. They can just sell us blimey bad financial products. But um, there's an English singer-songwriter who's like, You made me cry. And there's also the L.A. porn producer who does K-porn and has been in jail named Rob Black. So I got that dubious name, which, for the record, Bay Area Loan Source, I checked the other night. Um, that's going to expire at the end of this year, so you need to renew that. I will. Um, in November this year. BayAreaLoanSource.com. RobBlack.com was once owned by a porn producer, and I would go every day and check to see if his web uh, page expired. And the day that it did, I, I grabbed it. So I've got it now through, like, 2019. The weird question is, I'm now starting to debate myself, Will .com be important in 2020? I don't think it will be. I think we're going to be moving to the world of apps completely. Um, I don't know if you saw this, the new Xbox. You can talk to it. It's coming out this Christmas. It's an Xbox One. And I don't think we're going to be going to deb, deb, deb dot. You're going to say personal finance. And you're going to say best personal finance shows and your your Xbox or your your device is going to go to the best there is or the the app that is so it's it's odd because it's um the hardware destination com is being replaced by the software that gets you to a location anyway i'm boring you now at this point in time um riskiest stock you can own is the company that you work for someone once emailed me and said uh you know, I've hedged the markets by investing in my own company. I'm like, dude, you've just tripled your risk. Is that company is the one who pays your car insurance. That company is the one who pays for your car, it pays your mortgage. So when they lay you off, everything that you have that's a liability suddenly can't be funded anymore. So a lot of people don't see that. But anyway. I've also seen a lot of people put too much into their own company as opposed to spreading it out, which is a good strategy. You probably see kind of some crazy stuff as a mortgage. I see a lot of crazy stuff. Mortgage. You well, actually told me, and this just made me pee my pants. I know you're saying, did you just trickle? No, actually, it was a flat-out wet, had to have a complete change. Um, and unfortunately, I was wearing white, so it was obvious. Still better than the, mouth, the mouse in your mouth. No, no, but you once told me there was a guy that I thought was in business, that I thought had a legitimate business, that I thought went to work every day, and you're like, he hasn't had income in two years. I have just did his mortgage. I'm like, whoa, 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 what? He hasn't had income in two years? Stunning the things that you learn. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm amazed at how many people, especially the taxes. The taxes are what I, I see that are pretty crazy. Um, and I know there's some CPAs that probably should go to jail, but um, any names? No, I can't. I can't do that. But uh, rhymes with how many syllables? Oh my goodness, I don't know. I, I you know it's what, the first thing that I would do if I was looking to buy a house, like a rental property, is talk to my CPA because um, the, the things that people do on their own taxes is just as crazy as some of the things that CPAs do, um, and they're quite. They're, they're quite similar, and I think people are just getting bad advice. It's the absolute first thing that I would do if I was looking to buy a rental property or owned rental properties, and I don't use a CPA because there's so many different rules out there right now that on um, write-offs, depreci- people don't know about depreciation, and eventually you're going to end up paying what more What is tax. depreciation? Well, you, you have a, it's a depreciating asset, your house, and you get to write that off on your taxes. It helps your tax base. You, you, you're talking about rental houses. You're talking about rental houses on your Schedule E. Now, why is a rental house depreciating asset? Because real estate goes up. Um, because it's, it's a, it has a useful life, 
and you're, you're, this, the IRS allows you to, to, to write off that useful life of the property, but yet you pay taxes on the difference of now of your tax basis. So uh, people don't realize that. And do they know what a 1031 exchange is? Not a 1031 Starker exchange. And how, how do they use those? Uh, so a lot of people are still getting into real estate transactions without looking at their exit strategy, similar to what people do when they buy stocks. They just buy stocks because they think that's what they need to be doing. A lot more, you know, I think people are wising up about what's going on in real estate. That's one of the benefits that we got from this huge crisis that we I went totally through. disagree. I hear a commercial on this station of buying real estate in know, Dallas. No, no, no. I, I, I didn't say there's people not, that not, aren't out there taking advantage of people's emotions about yeah. real estate. But I still think, in general, people are a little bit smarter. Okay. People that I work with are Here's the flaw with buying, hearing a commercial that says buy in Australia or buy in Panama or buy in Costa Rica or buy in Dallas. If the real estate was any good, the people that lived in those areas would be buying it up. They have to come to California. You can't afford to buy in your own neighborhood, so come by in Dallas. We got big desserts here. Like, that's just, it's, it's a bad concept. It's such a flawed idea. Costa Rica, if, the, if it was worth anything, they would be buying it themselves. It's, it's, it's pretty epidemic here in California where people are promoting taking money out and equity out of the state and buying elsewhere. It happens all the time, and there's always going to be people doing that. I, I, and I have people come to me and asking me to take money from their house, and where should I buy? Um, so it's, it's not just people being sold. It's, people that, it's, it's a mindset that people have. I have equity. What should I do with it? I believe one day I'm going to be the leader of a utopian society. I'm not going to be the leader. I'm going to be one of the, like, the genetic predictor. I'm going to be like the Darwinian woodchipper guy. And they're going to say, they're going to come to me and they say, um, I want to buy a house and I want to take equity out of my house to buy another house because then other people will live in my property and uh, be paying my mortgage. And I'm like, interesting. Fire up the Darwinian wood chipper and just push the person instantly in. Gone. I'm a big believer that if you're going to buy real estate as an investment, it has to be cash flow positive. Absolutely. It's all about a rate of return on your money. Absolutely. And if you could put your money in the stock market and get 6%, or you could put your money in bonds and get 5%, you have to be getting at least 5 to 6% on any money that you have in the equity of another home. You have to be cash flow positive to the tune of 5 to 6%. Otherwise, you're just in Darwinian wood chipper. Um, never, ever buy real estate with borrowed funds in any way, shape, or form. In my opinion. Yeah, people, people still do it. If you want to own a home, that's great because you get a great tax deduction. You get a, a mortgage that doesn't readjust for inflation. Could you imagine if mortgages had to readjust for inflation? Mm-hmm. If you have an arm, they do, for the most part. When the dollar falls, like, sweet. Anyway, anyhow, where are we going with this? Ah, shameless plugs. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Need a loan? He's a lender that can fund. 22 points, a drop of 0.6%. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. Constantinople, 
in old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. You just liked it better that way. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So this is They Might Be Giants, EMBG. They do quirky odd songs in a world that doesn't do quirky odd songs. Unless you're Weird Al Yankovic and let's face it, no one wants to admit to liking Weird Al. Where does this go? They Might Be Giants was a college band that was on MTV. And they had a quirky little song called Don't Don't Let's Start. Don't Don't Let's Start, this is the worst part. And they kind of like were hot-frogging over each other. And it was an MTV success. The year was 1988. Now let's do the little math. 98, 2008. They've been around for 23, 24, 25 years. In 1988, they had a hotline where they would update their, da, 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 what is it called? Uh, not voicemail, answering machine. So you could call their answering machine and they would have a new song that they just did or were working on or, you know, they'd say, hello, I'm Bill, or I'm John. They're called the two Johns. And that was their way of marketing, answering machines. Now, in this day and age, we're up to Groupons, which is strange because, again, this gets back to the conversation that we started earlier in the show, that people under the age of 30 buy everything on Groupon. I've got a friend, Eddie, who he would never buy a full-priced lunch. He would go to some sort of deal and get some sort of deal. It's the only way he knew how to buy restaurant lunches. You know, I grew up in the time where, like, if you wanted to save some money, you'd pack a lunch, right? Maybe stop at Safeway and get a banana. B-A-N-A-N-A-S, banana. So while doing the show, anyway, what I'm getting at is that marketing changes over time. And and look how funny it is to even come up with the words. Answering machine? I mean, our kids' kids, they're not going to have a concept. Like Superman will have to be reimagined because he ain't going into a phone booth. They don't exist anymore. He now has to go into a, like a closet and come out of the closet, and the whole concept of Superman coming out of the closet is just wrong for my generation, but for other generations, it'll make total sense. Anyhow, and anyway, um, you and I, Tony Mendez, Tony Mendez, com, just saw, just heard an accident. During the commercial break, it was this thump. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I wonder if that was an earthquake, or what was that? So we peek out the window, and two cars have hit each other. I love sound effects like that during morning drive time shows. It is so inappropriate because people are looking around and going, uh-oh. Um, car accidents. It, it's one of those areas where you could save an enormous amount of money. I don't know if we could take a look out there, but I remember college. Hold on. Let's take a look real quick. How much damage is done? Um, total damage to one car. The other car was T-boned. Okay, yeah. Police just was, arrived. Yeah, it was very fast. Five minutes less, they were there. Good job, police officer. Good job, fireman. Yeah. Um, but the point being is, first and foremost, if you're ever in an accident, don't admit anything. Don't admit anything. One woman once rear-ended me, and I know you're saying, whoa, this is a family radio station. No, no. And she gets out of the car, she goes, my foot slipped off the brake. I'm like, lady, 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 don't say anything. Don't be quiet. It's not that you're guilty or not guilty. It's not that you're trying to help out the scenario. 
It's that my neck hurt a little bit more later that night, knowing that she admitted guilt. Just, ah, it's a killer. Okay, so car accidents. One car probably needs to get fixed up. The other car probably just needs to pull out a, a dent. Mm-hmm. And the insurance company, do you remember, um, you don't remember this, but you've known me for a long period of time. But I once go into vet, and people were so pissed off at me because in high school I had a vet. And high school kids don't have vets. And my license plate said, my vet. I remember when I was going to college, there was one time where a drunk driver in the middle of the night comes down my road, hits like three cars, mine being one of them, hitting my vet, destroying my vet, hitting not one, not two, but three panels. I was like, sweet. Because my vet was a Chevette. It wasn't a Corvette. (laughs) And it was a piece of trash that was probably worth $200, but because he hit three panels, I got $1,000 of insurance. And I got to learn what the word Bondo is. You know Bondo. Yep. Bondo is this horrible concept of fixing your own car and patching dents and pulling them out and trying to match paint. Let's just say I wasn't I wasn't good with the ladies in my vet. But that insurance payment went a long way in my college years. What I find interesting about auto insurance and please I know tell that, me. I know there's a lot of people out there who have experienced exactly what I'm talking about. You get in a car wreck, yeah. you fix your car. Now that's on record that your car is in, a, in an accident. But your insurance only fixes or repairs the damage, but it does not insure the lost equity on your car. Your car, just because it's in an accident, is now worth 10% less. You find that in, in home insurance as well. Wow. Um, you, you can't, ins- you know, if, if, for example, there was a tornado that went through um, Moore, Oklahoma, and one of my ex-employees owns a rental property in Moore. Oh, I, had, I called him that night, and he was frantic. Um, he couldn't find out for days whether was or not it, his house was, was it a double he, Was it a double wide or a single wide investment it, property it, it, it he owned? Was, it was a brick house. He had some renters in there. He's been there for, for years. I, I know Oklahoma. you're trying to say it was a trailer. Trailer. There's no brick houses in Oklahoma. And uh, but he, you know, that it's now they've been hit twice in the last 14 years, wow. and their values have gone down. And, you know, you, yes, you have home insurance on your property. They're going to rebuild the properties. And, of course, we, we feel for the loss of life, of course. But the, the insurance doesn't cover that. Um, wait, wait. Uh, it's not like I'm playing a game while you're talking. Keep going. I'm, I'm listening. I'm trying to figure out what game you're playing. Interesting stuff. What were you saying? I, I must have a mouth, mouse in my mouth. You do have a mouse in your mouth. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, one more thing. As far as in car and accidents go, they say if you ever run over someone, put it in reverse and make sure they're dead. Because a dead person is worth less than a handicapped person. And what I'm trying to show you... This morning, eastbound one. So why do I still feel so alone? Help me, God. Help me, God. We all have moments where we feel we've reached the end of our rope. Discover freedom from anxiety, stress, and fear when you spend time in God's Word. Crosswalk.com is here to help you start living a life filled with joy and peace. Choose to read the Bible and talk to God each day. Receive free daily devotionals from well-known pastors and authors, including Max Lucado, John Piper, Charles Stanley, James McDonald, and more. Find the inspiration and encouragement you need for each day sent right to your inbox. Sign up at Crosswalk.com. That's Crosswalk.com. It's a fact. 
One of the first things people see when they look at you is your smile. Just as you would invest in a good stock or bond, you should invest in your smile and dental health. Call the dental office of Dr. Shirley B.N. today and make an appointment for a complete dental consultation. If you suffer from gum disease, including swollen, sore gums, or gums that bleed easily, your overall health may be at risk. Take this information and invest wisely. Call Dr. Shirley B.N. at 510-790-8800 and make an appointment. That's 510-790-8800. 510-790-8800. Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Whether it be insurance, whether it be investments, whether it be real estate, whether it be mortgage loans, call the show 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. For instance, things that can affect your insurance score, things that can affect your cost of insurance. A lot of people don't stop and think about this kind of stuff. But your credit score is something that could change your insurance rates. I know. That's why you want to keep a good credit score. Now, I don't think you want to live and die by credit scores. I'm talking with Tony Mendez today from BayAreaLoanSource.com. A lot of people obsess about credit scores. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think they're important, but not obsessive compul- important. Some people are, but you don't really have to be. I think it's safe to monitor it. And to repair the things that you can. Of course, there are some things you can't, and you just have to write it out with time. But you have to understand that credit right now is one of the biggest factors in any financial transaction, and lower credit scores cost you money, period. There's weird little um, comparables or comparables. What would you say? Comparables? Comparables. There's lo- okay, auto insurance companies have found that people with low credit scores are much more likely to make a claim than those with high credit scores, and thus they charge more. Mm-hmm. Weird, right? Yep. There's like a study that I saw about tattoos, that women with tattoos are perceived to be more promiscuous than with women without, and that hurts women with tattoos if they're visible in the job market because people don't potentially want to hire someone that might create an HR event that might create legal action. Right, which costs more money. Right. You know that I was married to that Playboy person. Someone once hired her, and they ran a a check on her name, and they found out that she was in Playboy, and they fired her because she was like it was like a Barclays. I'm going to say it's like a Barclays. I'm not going to say it was Barclays because I don't want to create any you know bad images of Barclays. But they hired her and they let her go once they knew that she was going to be around executives and she had this history because they didn't trust that their executives would be able to handle themselves around her. So she sued, and she basically won $80,000 in wrongful termination. So your image can or cannot hurt, and your credit is a reflection of your financial image. Insurance companies share information on homeowners' claims for up to seven years. So when you apply for insurance, the company looks at your claims history for your home, even for the time before you live there. If you've ever done water damage at an apartment, and now you're buying a home. They're going to say, like, oh, this guy has this issue. So checking your home to see if they've had insurance claims, but also checking you to see if you've had insurance claims 
it's kind of weird. A lot of mm-hmm. people just don't. The, the data out there is just. Uh, my my first insurance claim on my house was a big learning curve. I learned my rates were going to go up. I learned when I shopped that my rates were up. And then I learned that most professionals in the industry, real estate, CPAs, CFPs, so on, do not use insurance if unless they absolutely have to, unless it's a catastrophe. Four-cylinder Porsche, six-cylinder Toyota Camry. Which do you think is going to be more expensive to insure? Porsche. Six-cylinder Camry. Six-cylinders are more expensive to insure than four-cylinders because you're more likely to do more damage. Odd, right? Yeah. Moving violations will affect your rates for life and health insurance. So you get a speeding ticket. They're going to say you take risks. And you might take a risk and, you know, jump off a mountain or what have you. I don't know. It's worthy of thinking about. Um, Every time I, I... I look at a credit score, and I price out one person who makes the same amount of money as another person. They have the same equity in the house. It, it feels like discrimination in a way. Is it? it, it it's not, but it Do you feels... discriminate? Are you a discriminator? Are you a discriminating no, I, I, man? I am not. You don't like poor people? But I feel like I do when I when somebody has to take a higher rate, and they make the same amount of money, same equity in their house, same price, same loan amount, everything, and they get a, they, have, they have a higher rate because of their credit score. How close is the real estate market to actively participate in discrimination because I know when they actively um, promote not discriminating they actively promote it but yet if I put a bid on a house and I've got a better credit score than someone who doesn't have a better credit score I I would bet you that there's some realtors like yeah there's probably a better chance this one's going to get done I think that you're going to find that kind of relationship under the under the sheets yes yeah how about behind behind the scenes let's not take this to the bedroom it's, this is your show, and I, I know, think and people have already expected you to say that. I'm trying to clean up your show. I don't know about that. Irreverent. So a DUI is going to um, hurt your health insurance. It's going to hurt your life insurance. I was recently going for a life insurance um, upgrade, basically disability insurance, life insurance upgrade, and had to do a medical exam. And one of the questions that they screen you with is, have you taken any antidepressants and that's a real tricky any way you answer you you need to answer very very carefully and I'm not telling people to lie but you don't go oh yeah I'm addicted to antidepressants I, I take them all the time they help me sleep what you say is there was an event where my father passed away and I just wanted something there just to help me sleep because it was it was a heavy moment that I got over is a lot better than give me give me give me more antidepressants so if you've taken antidepressants twice in the last five years, your life insurance is going to be through the roof. If you haven't taken antidepressants in the last five years, your life insurance is going to be through the roof. And they're going to find out it's, it, because they're being prescribed. But the way you answer the question is important. So when you go to the doctor this weekend and you say, or the doctor this week, and you go, um, I want some Xanax. I hear those things are great. That's not very cool because your doctor is going to say, I hear he likes drugs. So be careful how you talk to your doctor because it's going to be in your in your medical report. If Let's say you do want Xanax. Make it for a legit reason. My father passed away, and I'm having some emotional difficulty that I'm going to get through. I want one week supply. One week's better than two. Like, insurance mm-hmm. companies know this stuff. So... Worst thing you can do is get a DUI. 
that's just going to jack yeah. up you everywhere, and it's going to hit you bottom line in your pocket. Um, health insurance through a corporation is going to be a lot cheaper than health insurance through a, a big corporation is going to be cheaper than through a small corporation uh, because clearly they're able to spread that risk around. Obesity, the number one thing you could do if you're poor, the number one thing you could do if you're not saving for retirement is is kill the fat tire. Um, or if you're a woman, get those thighs right-sized. Or well, I don't even know what the right phrase is, but obesity jacks your health insurance rates. Obesity jacks your life insurance rates. Obesity jacks not your car insurance, but like even an airplane. Sometimes they're making you buy two seats now. And it's something we can control, Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think that's going to be the, the biggest kick in the hiney that we all know about down the road. So the higher educated you are, the lower likely you are to take a claim. That also is true. So I'm not going to say go get a master so you can pay lower insurance because there's probably not a direct correlation of what you're paying, but you get the idea. Anyhow, anyway, we're talking all things financial today. Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. If you want to call the show, it's 800-516-1220, 800-516-1220. You listen to me, Rob Black. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. We'll take a break here on the Wall Street Business Network. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. couple things that you can do to make yourself wealthier is automate your savings. I did it when I was 18 years old. And trust me, I wasn't the smartest kid at 18. I started pulling money straight out of my bank account to put it in a mutual fund. Gather routing and account numbers for each institution. I automatically pay off my credit card every month. Automatically. I don't believe in carrying a credit card balance. I check into my checking account. I set up, you know, recurring transfers. Um, If I get a bonus, it goes into my savings account that it automatically goes there. I don't have to have a check cut to me and then send it off because I'm likely to get lazy and not do it. My bonus automatically goes into a different type of account than my checking account. So automate everything, and you'll start saving more money. It's incredibly stupid, incredibly easy. Something you need to know about financial planners, I think you need to accumulate wealth for most of your life, and later in life you start managing it, and that's when you need a financial planner. I don't like insurance people doing my financial planning. I don't like stockbrokers doing my financial planning. I don't like people who work at Ameriprise to do my financial planning. I think the accreditations of the alphabet can be incredibly intimidating. I think the two or three things that you really need to see is a CFP, a certified financial planner. They have to pass an extensive 10-hour exam. They have to meet education, ethic requirements to gain the credential. I think a CPA is great for taxes. And estate planning, I think you want to use an estate planning attorney. A good man or woman is easy to find. 
I can tell you I've met a lot of good people in the industry who aren't CFPs, state finance attorneys, CPAs. <coughs> yes, you can save some money if you don't use accredited people, but I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, let's open the mic to Tony Mendez and ask, what are some of the things to look for when working with mortgage lenders that you don't or mortgage brokers or bank lenders, what are some of the things to look for that you want to stay away from or or be attracted to? I think the first thing that anybody who's looking to do financing on a property is to decide whether or not they want to use a bank or a broker type of transaction. That's the first thing. Usually banks are, well, banks are typically limited to the products that they offer and the rates. Brokers usually have more options. I'd say most most people who are perfect A-paper clients, they can go to a bank and, and, you know, Hit and miss whether or not they're going to get a better chance they're going to get a good rate and, and good product. But if you're, you have anything that's kind of screwy, maybe you're self-employed or you have rental properties or you've had some employment issues over a period of time, you want to go to a broker. That's the first thing that I would do is choose who I'd work with. And then I'd make sure that you're getting the right advice. A lot of, a lot of lenders don't offer options on rates. I had a client the other day said, oh, I got a better rate than the one that, that I closed with you. I was like, yeah, but they pay points. Uh, there's a lot of good information on the Internet. Um, I'd stay away from believing the first place that you go to and do a lot of research. Uh, there's a great website I, I like sending people to called mortgageprofessor.com, mtgprofessor.com. What do we learn there? Everything. That's the best website. They talk about upfront mortgage brokers, upfront pricing, how to, what are points, uh, why pay points, what's an arm, what's a fixed, what's a, you know, why would you use a 15 year instead of a 30? It goes on and on and on, and it's great answers. And there's a blog there too. Um, I think that anybody who's looking, who has questions about financing a property, should go there. So and feel good about who you work with too. I mean, that's the other thing. But make sure you're on the same page, as well. I think that's the most important thing. Like. Are you afraid of the stock market? You say no. How about your wife? Yeah, a little bit. You probably don't want to work with someone who's going to be aggressive because it's going to cause troubles at the house. Um, What do you do in a down market? Write it out. Invest more. You want to be on the same page. So asking questions helps. There's a guy who does a radio show that if you go to FINRA.org, and he does TV shows, and like he's out there. If you go to FINRA.org, you can do a background check on him. And the guy's been sued so many times, and he's been regulated by financial industries so many times, and yet he doesn't say that on air. It's frustrating. You should do a background check on people you hire. And if there's something that's like a problem, say, I kind of have a problem that you've been sued. Talk to him. Don't be afraid not to talk to him. Like, let's say, oh, I see that you have an arrest. And the guy goes, yeah, you know, I got into a bad situation with a cop. I probably should have kept my mouth shut. Maybe you can hire that person. You know? Mm-hmm. Take a look at someone's background. I don't know how much the DRE in California makes real estate people. It can show, it'll show violations, and it'll show your history. And you can go to DRD, uh, uh, dre.ca.gov, okay. and you can research any loan officer, and it'll show you violations and they're, they're, how long they've been licensed and where they've worked. I once knew a guy in radio, and this was 10-plus years ago, that – I, I won't mention his name because I'm finally maturing as a man. But he, his name rhymes with Mickers. Um, long story short, he worked in New York, and at one point in time, he pulled a baseball bat out and hit a homeless guy in his knees because he was trying to clean his windshield and you know do that 
I'm going to clean your windshield, pay me a dollar kind of scam. To me, that shows anger. That doesn't show that he did something stupid. It shows me anger issues. And anger issues are, I don't want to work with. Um, I think that person needs to be medicated and or talk to a therapist. So, so to me, it's looking at actions kind of tells me something. And know that when you get into a financial relationship, sometimes breaking up is hard to do. When you get married, you're in a financial relationship. Breaking up is hard to do. Divorce is messy and legal. But when you hire someone, breaking up is hard to do. And there could be a lot of, like, bad blood involved. Um, so what's a sign that you're working with someone in the lending industry that's not going to match the product to you? Well, they're not going to be asking questions. Uh, they're not going to be giving you options. On, it, it, I think the questions is the, is the big one. Uh, how long do you plan on living in the house? I mean, that's a pretty simple one. But looking at, at how long do you feel like you're going to be in your job? How long do you think you're going to be in the Bay Area? Are you going to have kids? It's all about getting to know the client. And I think that's what happened back in the in the two thousand early 2000s is nobody cared. It was just all about payment. And they still do that in the car industry. It's all about payment. What are my four squares? They still try. It's still a sales technique. I think this this the the best loan officer is the person who does not need your business, and they're gonna they're gonna try to sell you on the right product. I've I've given away a lot of not given away but turned away a lot of people because they're not looking at the right kind of products. They're trying to sell me not not have me advise them. You know, I did a refinance probably about a year ago. I still get postcards from the company that did my initial purchase refi. But then they sold it to another company who services mm-hmm. it. So the company that did the initial, now they send me a postcard that says, you can get 2.75%. And I'm actually going to call them because I, I actually want to bust them and say, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. And then I can use that story on air. I'm tired of getting the postcards. Yeah, it's something that um, one of the reasons why we became a lender as opposed to staying in the broker industry is because they, as a broker, they own your kind of rights. And it's part of our agreement with that lender. Now we're our, we're our own lender. And we have our own, we keep our clients as far as that kind of relationship. What do you think about burning down your house to collect insurance? I, I no comment. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's talking heads, burning down the house. This is Psycho Killer. I'm Rob. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. I think in this day and age, nothing should be assumed. Renting doesn't beat buying. Buying doesn't beat renting. It can, but you need to run the numbers. I think you need to consider investing today in a 401k, a 403b, a 457, because the tax benefits are there. You instantly don't pay any federal income tax on that money. So if you make $100,000 and you save 10000 to a 401k, 403b, 457, and you put 10000 in, you're only getting taxed on 90000 So you may hit a different tax bracket. You may jump from 24% to 28%, or you get the idea. You need to save for retirement. One area that I think got a bad name in the 2000s or in the 1990s, were dividend stocks. Companies that like Pepsi and Coca-Cola and Nike, they did well, but dot-com stocks were a way of making instant money. People would come to me and say, hey, if I give you 80, can you turn it into 200? 
I remember one woman called my radio show and said, you know, I bought a stock at 40 bucks and it's at 6. I'm just going to wait for it to go back to 40. I'm like, you, you better sell your house. You better put extra mortgage. Better. You do something to get more money into that $6 investment then. Everyone should have an emergency fund. And emergency funds aren't fun. And they stink. And people always come to me and they go, I want a higher rate on my, my cash. But emergency funds aren't there for an emergency. When you get your face smashed in and you don't have health insurance and you need a doctor to pull your face back out. And when I say face smashed in, I'm talking like, I don't know, Roadrunner. Where he'd drop an anvil on the coyote. That coyote, you think he could sue Acme? Most of the stuff that he got would blow up. Defective. Defective. But he never read the instructions either, so they'd probably win in court. So anyway, personalize your emergency fund. Know that, you know, Tony's in the mortgage industry and I'm in the financially glamorous industry. And my emergency can be totally different than his. For him to get a job, it's going to take a little bit longer to develop that clientele and to go out there and get stuff done. I have a lot more respect for people who buy a home that's appropriate to their budget than a person who buys an exquisite home. Um, I think I told you this, Tony, when I came to the Bay Area 12 years ago, a woman was trying to impress me, and her instant messenger name was Seacliff Gal. And I'm like, that's cute. And she invited me to her home, and I went to check it out. It was in Santa Cruz, and it was on a Seacliff. She had bought the house with stock options, and then suddenly this stock tanks, and she can't afford the home anymore. So, um, long story short, buy what you can afford. Buy what's based on your income, not your stocks. So, I'm always intrigued by people who overpay aggressively on things. Um, 66. It's a magic age. You're going to retire somewhere between 62 and 70. How long are you going to live? Start thinking about Social Security. So you're starting to get closer to 66. I'm clo- a little bit closer than you are. Which, for you, is intriguing because, like, you could do loans into your 80s. Yep. I can't do financial fabulous media because I'll sound like I'll sound like the guy who's yeah. on. I'll sound like the guy who's on this station. Huh? Huh? You should buy stocks. I'll be the old guy that the young guy makes fun of. Anyhow. Old credit card accounts. This is an interesting argument that you and I had. That I think I told you that I had a Bank of America credit card that was there's a lot of credit there, and then I had a new one that had a fabulous reward system. And you said, you know, if you're going to buy a house, activate that old one. Don't use the new one. Older credit cards are more valuable than newer credit cards. Yep. On your. Yep. Long, longer you can keep your your uh, credit entries on the better your credit score will be. And and it's all about your balances as well. So, yeah, keep keep your credit cards open, but you know, be, just manage them. You don't have to even have the plastic. You can just keep them open. This is a year where the stock market's had a glorious run. And I like to think single digits to low double digits. I'd rather go for an 8 to 10, 8 to 12% return than a 12 to 15. I like the consistency of 8 to 10 when you start going double digits, 15 to 20, 20, 25, 30, 35, 45, 45, 50, then you have to live with the psychology of what happens when things pull back 30%. People freak out. I don't. 
Because it's just money to me. Um, I got enough of it to last till the day I die. I'm fine. It's just money. But when you start getting bigger returns in your portfolio, you start getting bigger corrections. And I like aiming for that slow and steady pace. Like That's why I'm a good distance runner. Because I could look at four miles and five miles and go, you know what? Can't burn it all out in the first 250 feet. So I remember in college there was an event where I was running from the police. This is a fictional account of something that did not really happen. So I'm running. It might have been a college cop, not really the police. It might have just been a dream that I had. And I basically burned out. I was done 250 feet into it. Like Cops, they, they learn, like, I can catch any criminal. Like, O.J. Simpson, he's going to get caught because he's eventually going to run out of gas, literally. So learn to just run slow and steady. Don't burn out. Don't go for, the like, the, the, the zero to two miles an hour. Don't go for the eight to ten. Go for those two to eight mile per hour trot, and you'll do much better than if you try to blow it out all in the first couple hundred yards. That was a fictional account. That event never occurred. It's not on my record. It was probably dropped after a probationary period. So I say, did it happen or didn't happen? Is your microphone on? Apparently not. Uh-oh. Number eight. Number eight. There it is. There it is. I just said the funniest thing I've ever said on the show, and it was off. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe I'm my eighth producer now? Yeah. Two and a half years, I'm uh, number eight. And all I have to show for it is a stinking Xerox copy that said, congratulations on two years. <laughs> I love my company. But if you're going to give out certificates, I, don't Xerox the certificate. I want to say he's lying, but he's not. Anyhow. Um, I think mortgages are okay to have in retirement. My mom has one. My dad has one. I don't think they're ideal in retirement because you're not pulling an income and you're paying three, four, five, six, seven, eight percent. You got to, you know, replace that what you're paying in interest with something in return of investment. So sometime around retirement, I want to start thinking about paying off mortgages. If I've got an eight percent mortgage, absolutely. If I've got a three percent, maybe less so. So I can do better than 3% with my money. Um, and I think the last thing that I like to talk about is spreading my assets around. I don't like having all stocks. I got a portfolio from a woman at a seminar. Anytime you come to a seminar, you can meet me, you can meet Tony, you can meet Chad. You can bring a copy of your portfolio. And she gave me a copy of her portfolio, and it was basically all cyclical growth stocks. So you need a healthy economy for this portfolio to be doing great. I like stocks that work well in a good economy, stocks that work well in a bad economy. I like them small, I like them mid, I like them large. I can't say that about women. I like a good athletic woman, taller than 5'6", not taller than 6'1". I like brunettes more than blondes. I like 32 teeth. Like I've got standards that are pretty set in what I find attractive in the other sex. But in stocks, I like them all. I like small, I like fatty companies, you know, companies that have that extra cushion that they can use in a tough economy. They've got cash that they can burn through. They've got clients that, like Walmart. Walmart's not the best stock of all time, but Walmart's going to be in business the day I die. They can survive a recession. Even when the retailers shift what we want from retailers. It's something we've talked about, you know, both hours today of like retailers changing, you know, companies yeah. like Dollar General and Dollar Thrifty, Costco, 
they're busy for a reason. People want to get stretch the dollar as far as they can. Ross is more attractive to me as an investment than, say, Tiffany's. I'm not against Tiffany's because there's always going to be a high-end consumer. Okay, then I'll say, like, Macy's and, and there's some, like, malls not doing as well. So, I don't know. It's Retail's changed a bit. So, in the world of investment, you like the mall. Small cap value, small cap growth, mid cap value, mid cap growth, large cap value, large cap growth, some international emerging markets, not international developed markets, and some sort of income. So I don't like private REITs because I think that's private equity and people don't realize that. It's a lot of risk. There's a lot of reward to the guy who sold it to you and commissions. Anything you want to add to this conversation about things that you believe in? Well, I, I follow uh, – I'm not as experienced as you are in investing on my own. So I, I use Fidelity. I go out and I just buy some target funds. That's my strategy. And I've done – you know, I've, I've followed that philosophy of just – Investing every year, whether it's high, whether it's low, I don't sell off. I let the dividends keep paying into the into the account. I roll those in, and I keep buying more and more and more every year. And I do try to look for for buying opportunities. Like right now, I feel a little weird. And you may say, "Oh, why do you?" Um, because now all of a sudden, we talked earlier before even the show started. I said, "All the financial." Uh, news now looks so pessimistic as it used to a week ago, where it was all optimistic. So I'm now I'm seeing this change in what every, everything looks like from a, a novice investor. So, but I don't fear that. I, I'm starting to take your philosophy and buying, taking these opportunities, watch the market drop, and then invest the money that I I've been working hard for. But you know, I own real estate as well, and I've also taken this time in the. In the market where the rates have been so low, it's been a great opportunity for you to save a dollar here and there by doing some good refinances. Rents have been fantastic. I'm also looking at opportunities in buying some more real estate, not private REITs, though. Sounds good. Take a break here. Come back and wrap up the most brilliant show of all time, Rob Black and Your Money. Eh, brilliant as far as sarcastic financial advice goes. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm speaking with Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. When you're buying real estate, it's kind of odd to talk about this because I grew up on the East Coast a lot. I grew up overseas a lot. But on the East Coast, people don't talk school scores when they're buying a house. Public schools on the East Coast are pretty damn good across the board. Yep. So you're not worried about, like, the difference between San Mateo and Stockton versus San Carlos versus Cupertino. Right. But you are here. I know people that moved to Cupertino 25 years ago so that their kids would be in the best school district. Like, that's crazy to me as a concept, but it also tells you the difference between California and the East Coast. Location, location, location is important. Retaining value is critical. So school district scores are great. You were telling me that you have a client that just recently bought the worst house in one of the best neighborhoods. Yep. And that's one of the oldest adages in real estate, and it's a great way to go. Buy the worst house on the best street. Yep. Buy in a good school district. I like to equate it, Tony, to... Buy what your wife is going to want. 
or buy what someone else's wife is going to want. So if you're at a cocktail party and the woman's like, I want kids to do the best school, buy in a good school district. If you hear like, oh, I hear that city has a great farmer's market, it's that's where you want to buy. I know it, it sounds. Uh, yeah, and, and I I hear you, Robin, and, and it really is a, is a great added. Not only should you hear me, but I want you to declare me the greatest thing ever. I want you to. I, I can't do that. Not on your own show. Mm. I'll do it on, on my show. Acknowledge me. You're acknowledged. Thank you. Okay, back to you. Is, and I and I get what you're saying. Unfortunately, this type of market that we're in right now, not a lot of people can be picky like that. And I, and I'm. It's one of the reasons why you, you and I were talking off the air whether or not we think there's another bubble coming up. And I, I do, and I think a, a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, we have low inventory, and I think everybody knows that. It's just supply and demand. But people aren't they, – they can't be picky right now. They're just – they're finding whatever they can, and they're overbidding, and they're, they're buying houses wherever they can buy it. And they may not be taking into consideration, like, school scores. You're just finding a house. And that's just not healthy. What's healthy is having six-month inventory, not one. Um, having the ability to choose the neighborhoods and have more availability in those in those neighborhoods as well, um, and paying the right price for it. I think ultimately people are taking advantage um, in in both the good areas and the bad areas. And I think that you know, in in general, what we're seeing from the economy and what the, the Fed actions are meant for the general population. And places like the Bay Area and other metropolitan areas around the United States are are getting the benefits of it, and maybe the cause of why we're getting close to our peak. Although I don't think we're going to hit our peak within the next year or two, um, we might hit it. But I think we might also have a problem with uh, people have, are overpaying for the, the homes. We're going to run out of inventory, and then it, once we do start seeing a large price, we get closer to that peak. We're going to see people sell off, and it's going to start all over again. You have to remember, people have to afford these homes, and rates are going to rise within the next year and a half. And you know what scares me about people who are banking on real estate? I look at people my age and younger. I know a person who rents one room. I know a person that lives in a 600-square-feet apartment. I think I know who you're talking about. No, these are two different people. So... I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. I know everything you know. I don't think you know everything I know. Have you been on my computer? Somewhere in here I have your passwords. Oh, that's not good. Did you know that McDonald's feeds 1% of the world's population every day? I did not know that. There you go. They don't feed me. I love that. There's a commercial that McDonald's has. It probably has the lowest educated people on the planet. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba! I'm loving it. <laughs> You're like, did they just find the lowest common denominator so that you feel good about yourself? Yeah, yeah, and they ultimately did. McDonald's hires one out of eight Americans. One out of eight Americans have worked at McDonald's. Have you ever worked at McDonald's? I have not. I'm not either. I dated a girl who worked at Wendy's back when I was in high school. And I actually picked her up because I had a car because it was kind of a big deal. It was my vet, which we've already learned was a Chevette, not a Corvette. <laughs> But she said that someone went in the bathroom and did an unspeakable thing. And I'm like, I will never, ever work in fast food because of that. Because I do not want my boss, who's a 24-year-old punk, failed college-educated kid, to tell me to go in the bathroom and clean up someone's unconscionable. That's about all I got for you. Um, how did we get on the topic of McDonald's? 
I think we were talking about employment. Okay. Pink worked at McDonald's. Rachel McAdams worked at McDonald's. If you're McAdams and you work at McDonald's, isn't that going to open up some sort of Star Trek time warp continuum that (laughs) destroys the world? Your paycheck says McAdams for McDonald's. Anyway, Shania Twain worked there. Jay Leno worked at McDonald's. Uh, I don't know. I can go on about McDonald's all day long. Um, Back to real estate. They're also one of the largest real estate owners. They are, which some people think at some point in time, McDonald's could become a REIT. There's a company called Correction Corps of America. Do you know what they do? No. Prisons. And they now have become a registered investment, real estate investment trust. Publicly traded, not not, not that crap, private equity crap, that people should not be in private REITs. Um, So it's a publicly traded REIT, and it's a prison. And they basically say, we're going to give part of our profits back to the shareholders because REITs have to give 90% of the profits back to shareholders. So it's interesting what's becoming a REIT and the classifications of it. You can invest in prisons and real estate because it is land. It may not be ideal land, but it is land, and it is a business on top of the land. The idea of owning REITs has always been something that um, I've thrown out there to people who have low down payments and, and they want to get into real estate. And I know you've talked about this before. Oh, we're ending. You don't oh, hear that music? Friday. I do hear the music. I thought it was McDonald's music. I don't know. It's Little Friday. It's my theme song. Anyhow and anyway, it's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.